0: Welcome to the Culture Enough podcast. Many small and medium-sized organizations can't afford a full-time chief diversity officer, so they don't have someone to answer their diversity questions. At Culture Enough, we believe that every organization should have the access and the resources they need to reach their diversity goals. So we've decided to provide you practical solutions that give you the peace of mind you've been looking for. Thank you for listening, we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, 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 everyone, to the Culture Enough podcast. My name is JLKDLV Chambers. I get here with my crew with some amazing faces in some cool different places. I got my man Josh. Hey, what's up, Josh?
1: What's good, my coworkers?
0: <laughs> yeah, Josh, you know you can't, you, you got to have this one in there. If you know there's, there's JL, then it's Josh, and you know you got to have Elisa. Elisa, say what's up. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good, hey, you're good, good. This is a, uh, you know, it's funny. We've, we haven't done a podcast in like months. I just want to keep it on your months, months, months. Why? I know people have been asking. I've been getting information like, when are you going to do another culture of podcasts? Uh, Tell people why we haven't done a podcast in the last few months.
2: We've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> because
1: we got Basically. work to do. Busy,
2: busy, busy. Doing yeah. audits
0: yeah busy 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 doing all right so what we want to do in this time is really just to give i mean 2021's 2020 is coming to a closing so we want to talk spend a little bit of time of what we've learned in 2020 uh, mm. it's culture enough i know this isn't our whole team but as senior consultants what we could do and then of course you want to share with the audience our crew uh what's happening in 2021 because there's a lot of good stuff that's going to yes. happen uh some people might be listening and might apply for the jobs that we're opening up too so Mm -hmm. there's some things that are going to occur so let's give them a little hit uh what we've learned and things in the 2020 year let's start with elisa Elisa, let's start with you uh Mm -hmm. what some things you feel like you've learned i haven't just learned that you've like realized recapping 2020 with the type of work that we do at coaching enough
2: Right, right. I think um, with the, just the majority of partners that we've worked with, one thing I learned is the value, and we already say this, but I just learned more this year, the value of buy-in mm-hmm. um, and structure of an organization. So I think we've worked with some pretty big organizations this year. Um, and so just understanding the bureaucracy of, of organizations and you know they have the passion and the heart to want to do something. However, there's uh, can be a lot of structure in place or barriers uh, mm-hmm. to be able to start a project um, that they that they are passionate about, that they want to start. There's so many other layers. Um, and then you look at organizational change and how mm-hmm. how slow that can be in in reality. Um so it was just a reality check for 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 us, but also senior leadership that we've been able to work with to say, mm-hmm. We really want to get this done. The time frame we want it originally, uh, it's not going to work. Maybe we may have to push <laughs> things back. Yeah, okay. um, hey,
0: how many? Yeah, how many mm-hmm. audits <laughs> have been pushed back? They said that they had a date timeline, yeah. and now uh, going maybe two to even three weeks into the audit, mm-hmm. uh, they've been pushed back. How many? It's of been them? a
2: couple. It's been a couple. I know. I mean, we all have our different projects, but for yeah. me, it's probably been two or three. Um, that have originally wanted to have a start date, but because they needed extra buy-in from another department or senior leadership that they didn't um, take into consideration in the beginning, they had to move some things around. And we're, as consultants, we're patient. However, we understand that those things probably should have been done before you approached culture enough in the first place. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, straight up, we learned that. You can tell Mm. organizations that we partner with that start the process important. And this, I mean, I'll say this, this is connected so easily. Uh, When we see organizations that don't start the process correctly, it makes sense why they have the audit report and there's a lack of psychological safety, a lack of transparency, a lack of organizational buy-in in Mm -hmm. uh, diverse inclusion and equity. And it starts from like, for us, we see it from the beginning and Mm -hmm. it really just shows like, hey, these are the things that staff, especially maybe staff of color and women have been saying for years and it's showing through this process. So it's interesting mm-hmm. how they connect and they basically coincide each other uh, when we start the audit process.
2: Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's real. That's real. Anything uh, else you want to sort of uh, give us a little bit of a nugget of anything else you learned? or mm-hmm. recap of 2020 before we hand it and we sort of ask Josh some questions.
2: Yeah, I think one of the things that we're learning in focus groups as well, because we do we do both internal audits as well as external audits. And what is cool is when we do the external, I like them because you really get to hear the outside perception that usually you probably will not hear otherwise. Uh, people are more honest in a focus group when you ask them directly and straight up about an organization than they would otherwise. So it's just been interesting to to hear different um external partners and their reaction to the organization, but then being able to communicate that, um, in a, in a, with data behind it to the leadership so that they understand their perception in a community. Um, we get a lot of organizations that, uh, are in a different community that is of a different culture than them. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's just interesting helping bridge that gap of different cultures coming together to help accomplish a mission or a goal.
0: Yeah, let's I mean, let's see on that. It's funny because uh, I I feel this way. I don't know if you all feel this way. I would love to to play hopscotch or kick the ball around or double dutch on this topic. But why do organizations sometimes they never think about doing an external audit? It's usually always like, oh, internal, Uh, especially organizations that are like nonprofit Mm -hmm. schools that are like servicing communities and people outside the organization. Why do you think they don't even think about doing an external audit?
1: I mean, off top, is the two things would be they're afraid of what they're going to hear, right? Yeah. It's a big undertaking and afraid of what maybe some of the communities that they work with or what the agencies they partner with, what they would actually would say about them. Yeah. Um, the other reason okay. I think is cost. Just once the average person has a tendency, I think, to underestimate the cost for an undertaking like that. Yeah. So I think it's a could be cost prohibitive too.
0: Yeah, that's true. But it's, yeah. it's, 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 I mean, I feel you. And I think both those things you said are important, Josh, because for us to, if we're serving communities, if we have a, a school, nonprofit, even, I mean, a, a college, for us to be effective, we have to hear some of this information. Because mm-hmm. if, when we hear this information and they're mm-hmm. gonna be more transparent with us as outside consultants, then if they have the person in the organization asking us questions, it allows us to say, how do we best serve them better? because you want people in your schools, you want people uh, to use your services in the community. Mm-hmm. So what i found is that like, hey, a lot of the fear that you have, that's gonna help you grow if you're willing to ask these questions, if you're willing to invite people into the conversation to say, why are you not showing up to our gatherings? Why are you not using our materials? Right. Why are you are not uh, using our services? And then the goal is to respond to that, to say, we've heard your voices. Now we're making services support to directly impact you Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting to go through that process. I have found that uh, that organizations have put themselves in some situations of saying you want an audit, but do a, a complete audit if you're going to do one. Mm-hmm. So do an right. audit, an internal external, because one of the things you're going to learn what's happening internally most likely is being impacted by external and vice mm-hmm. versa. Uh, and so, and the cost is this: like I'm going to keep it a hundred when we laugh about this. The cost. Uh, it's better to invest in something now when it's not chaotic than to do it when it's chaotic or it's it's sort of a lot of what I like to call like, it's a lot of fires that you're, t- you're putting out. Mm. So we say, hey, we don't want to do the cost right now. But then what's the cost you're paying when an incident happens and someone has a lawsuit against you and you have to bring in lawyers or you lose 25% of that population that's going to mm-hmm. your service? Like, those are the things that people don't see is like, you're really paying a lower cost at the front end. Of doing an external internal audit compared to the cost you're gonna pay when staff leave, when things get exposed in the newspaper, when you lose uh, potential partners or partners that you work with or patients.
2: Right, right, exactly.
0: Anything on that, that you that you think people need to know regarding the cost or even, I mean, just the reality of why people don't want think about doing external audits.
2: Going back to the exposure uh, point that that Josh mentioned, uh, if you think of it, I try to explain to every partner that I, I start with, I explain it, that it's gonna look like a financial audit almost. Mm-hmm. Like, so, you have these uh, outside people coming in, looking at your um, itemized items, looking at your budget, looking at um, expenses, income, how was it matched up? You know, there's an exposure to that. And so the same thing with a diversity audit, there will be some exposure. And one needs to be prepared for what is exposed, mm. um, and so it's it it um to your point about external, you do get that exposure from an external lens that it does help with how you do programming, and it does help how you do marketing, and it does help with um, how you better serve those your community. And so I think it's something that it's a good investment in the long run, uh, but there is a sense of you know, you don't know what will be exposed. And so you have to Mm -hmm. prepare for that and be ready to be able to receive that as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you do have to address, I mean, that's one of the things we go through these processes and we talk with our potential partners at the time. We say, whoever you pick to walk alongside you, you gotta trust them. Uh, And they have to be very empathetic and care about not what they want, but about the health of the organization. Because Mm -hmm. what you just said, Lisa, is very important. Uh, there's a fear base that most people have when you say you're getting a checkup and you're going to the doctor, but you don't go to the doctor a lot, or you take your car to a mechanic, or you decide to uh, someone to look over your finances and you don't you don't feel comfortable with your finances. Right. With this topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion, most organizations and most people feel very uncomfortable. So you need to find if you're thinking about an audit uh, around diversity, inclusion, whatever you need to find someone who cares about you and the organization is going to be empathetic and understand how to walk alongside you just because there's a lot of uncomfortable things you have to have conversations that most people are not equipped to lead well in.
2: Uh, Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yep.
0: So that's, that's something to just process. I mean, for myself, I would say what I'm learning more and more into this conversation is I feel most of our jobs is to to listen, to help people understand. It's so fascinating when we think about when people talk to us, 50%, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, 50%, maybe even more, 75% of people who come to us, they want trainings. And then Mm -hmm. after our conversation with them, 100% say, you're right, we need an audit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like crazy. Interesting because like in their head, they're made up assuming that like trainings are going to fix the issue and then you have to ask them a lot of questions. Like literally right. we're sitting there just asking them questions and they're just like, oh, you're right. Training's not gonna fix that.
2: Right. That's
0: a deeper issue mm-hmm. than training. So you, my example, let's use this as an example. You might say I have a headache and your first response is I'm gonna go get some something to stop the headache but no one wants to talk about there's something you probably ate or something you're doing before then that caused you to have the headache. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so training's and just like- number one. You said what?
1: Dehydration.
0: Yeah. Yes. But people don't think about that. They think of let me go get a Tylenol uh, and assuming. Well, you're going to keep doing the same thing. You're going to keep having a headache. Uh, Mm -hmm. The training is great if you know what training and why you're doing training, Mm -hmm. uh, but it doesn't fix everything. And so what I have learned is. To really help people understand that really what they want is not training. Uh, Really, what they want is to have answers of why they're at where they're at and how they can get out of that situation to a better place. And if we don't, if we're not aware of that, then what we've seen organizations do is do training and they do a good training, but now they're at the same place they were before the training.
2: Right, right, right. You're more
0: confused. You're more stressful now because you now have to implement things. Staff have expectations on what's going to happen next. So now you find yourself being actually more confused, more uh, unaware, more uncertainty in what to do next, but you spend thousands of dollars on training.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't
0: see that being a smart investment. Do we need y'all?
1: No, I mean, that's, I think for us too, even business-wise as a, as a company, as a firm, we're focusing more and more on the, the audits just to even find out that like, it's a tool that people need, that organizations need and not, it's not available to them generally. And we find it's helpful to give like the, like you're saying, the vision, the self, being able to have evaluative tools to see what the climate is like, what the culture, workplace culture is like, and then how to have very specific recommendations for how to make adjustments to all those things. So over the next three to five years, you know, organizations are building diversity strategic plans that implement the stuff that was uh, recommended that came up because you actually were had the courage to do a deep dive, you know, had the 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 vision and the audacity to build a bu- into your budget
0: that's real. That's that's true i love it i love it i love it i love it yeah that's what we've learned so what's so we look at 2020 and we we wave at 2020 and we say thank you 2020 you have you have taught us a lot uh and and i do want to give kudos i think this is like our kudos time there have been organizations that have taken 2020 and said no more uh or said hey we want to get better so Mm-hmm. We want to give a shout out and applaud uh, the organizations that we've gotten a partner with and ones mm-hmm. that we haven't gotten a partner with that are saying like we're going to be different. Uh, mm-hmm. So give a shout out to them because they're, they're out there. I know we don't hear about them a lot. We get to partner with them, but most people don't get to see what organizations are doing. And so I want to say we're not saying we're done. We're not saying like, hey, we're accomplished. But we're saying that there's been incremental progress and some change uh,
1: right. that
0: we're seeing. And we're getting excited about the possibilities of what can happen if we stay true. And we keep working towards diverse inclusion and equity and creating uh, equality across the board, especially for marginalized groups and historically uh, Mm -hmm. white spaces that have been male dominant. So what's up? What do we want to tell about 2021? Uh, I'm excited about 2021. Uh, Who wants to start us? I mean,
2: Lisa, Josh, what do you want to what do we need to tell the people listening about 2021? I know Josh is gonna get into into the details, but I think an overview of 2021 is that I would hope, and I think, I believe that a lot of partner organizations um, are gonna be more of, instead of having a reaction, like a quick reaction, reactionary culture to the events that happen in the country, hopefully 2021 will be more like this work, the DNI space is, it's like a marathon, not a sprint, and Mm. it should be embedded in who we are. Mm. Not waiting for another hashtag, not waiting for another murder, but this is just what we want to do and who we want to be. So I would hope that 2021, there's more of a longevity of a desire for this work rather than more reactionary um, to the events that you see on the news.
1: Mm. Getting proactive, I like it.
2: Proactive,
0: exactly. Yep, yep, that's real, that's real. So let's give it to him. I mean, you said, what, what, what's rolling up, what's happening in Coach Enough's world in 2021 that impacts our partners, but also I mean, people on this podcast, uh, they might be our coworkers. We might get a chance to work with them. Uh, mm-hmm. They might come in the Coach Enough's squad. So, yeah, so what should we share?
1: Well, we're scaling up, and that's 2020, you know, finished with, like, wow, we, we're going to have to scale up again. And thinking about long-term development of our team, um, thinking about how do we also – put into practice all the things that we are recommending to folks all the time. Right. And that's one of the, I think the fun things we get to do is all the stuff that we're, you know, training or teaching, we're learning about ourselves even more deeply. So um, creating, you know, a pipeline for younger people to be able to get um, mentorship, leadership development, professional skill building, um, and p- bring people from diverse backgrounds into a, a Team learning situation, a fellowship, yeah. where they are going to be both strategically useful to culture enough, but also they're going to get, um, you know, paid experience to yeah. to do work that they're already passionate about. Yeah, that's real.
0: I mean, I don't know if elisa we talk about this a lot uh, when we were when we started business, when we started doing culture enough and all stuff. Like, I was like, hey, I was. I didn't find any organizations out there that I feel like I could apply to that had something in this diverse inclusion and equity world for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting, like what you said, Josh, is that we're finding more passionate people now and so it's trying to say, how do I get my foot? How do I get the opportunities Mm -hmm. to to learn more instead of going back to school uh, or spending trying to do stuff by yourself and through trial and error? uh, is really say, hey, come a, come a part of a group that we, we're doing it professionally. Learn from us, but also bring your culture and allow us to learn from you. And so I get excited because when I graduated college, it was nothing else out there for that, uh, for me to learn, be mentored and developed uh, as a young person in the diversity, equity, inclusion space. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to this fellowship that we're going to have. It's it's, funny. It, it's paid, So people don't know. You know, when you go to a fellowship, like, no, nah, we ain't going to pay you. Uh, this is a full-time paid job. Uh, I'm talking about like, you're going to get professional- You got to tell them, experience don't pay the bills. Yeah, yeah, experience don't pay the bills, exposure. so uh, uh, exposure. So we're talking about, I mean, most of it, I think in this program, we're making a commitment for the next future leaders in diversity, inclusion, and equity uh, in a lot of ways. because I mean, we're paying for them to get certificates at mm-hmm. prestige colleges. We're giving them, uh, flying them to Philadelphia, wherever they're located, to be in a cohort, uh, to be with the group of people paying for their coaching, professional development, mm-hmm. giving them one day off a month to do professional development and spiritual uh, development. I mean, we, we sort of have decided to say, let's make this a uh, cream of the crop fellowship slash mm-hmm. full-time position positions at up because we're looking to hire two to three. So like what, what else, I mean, that we need to explain in that concept of just a fellowship, a full-time position that we're looking for? I
1: mean, you're going to get to... Work with in different aspects of our team, but we will focus them on um, specific work that's useful to to building up this full process. They'll see how we operate as a company. They'll they'll get to really um, be part of a team that's that's really diverse and fun to work um, fun to work on. And then the partners that we get to work with, you know, get be part of their uh, learning process too. Yeah.
2: They'll also be heavily involved in the data collecting um, part, and so being able to see um, just how data is backed behind diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Mm. So that's an insight. I think that sometimes when you when you join a cons- uh, consulting firm, sometimes you're you're pushing paper and you're not really being able to get to see how the engine functions. And so uh, what's cool about the the fellowship is that yes, it's a pipeline, but even from start, you get to see uh, how, da- how data is used um, to mm-hmm. be able to, to consult um, on that level. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, maybe it's just me. I think
0: that's sweet. It is. I yeah. want to apply.
1: Uh-huh. Well, you know, to be able to, to see what your work produces, to see the point of it, to see the fruit of it, of how you get from doing this little thing maybe doesn't seem like it's a huge contribution all the time to see it all the way through. And that's what people are going to be able to see. And honestly, that makes people a motivated, passionate person. You know, just what you put into any project is when you can see the fruit of it. You can see the benefit of it. And if it's life-giving, it's life-giving to you. You know, that's who we're looking for, people who really want to put their, you know, put their shoulder into this thing.
0: That's so true. That's so true. Yeah, so we're we're ready. I mean, uh, if you're interested, if you find yourself saying, hey, you want to dive more into this world and you want to be a part of our crew, our family, uh, go to culturalenough.com. You'll see at the bottom it says posting jobs. We're looking for two to three uh, passionate individuals that want to be a part of the La Familia. Another thing to give them a heads up, there's some shifting happening as an organization. We've decided to like we've done a lot of audits this year and we Mm -hmm. keep doing audits but we're learning to do this type of work Uh, it's expensive and a part of why we started wasn't to just work with larger organizations like the starbucks and nikes or the adidas but if you work for starbucks nike adidas hit us up we would love to work with you Uh, but at the same time we do exist to help small and medium size and so a part of this process is trying to find ways to help our partners and potential partners have tools in front of them train and support Mm. And that's what came in this idea of saying, okay, people have we've done trainings, people bring us in, and they say, we love your trainings, y'all killed it, we like Elisa, Josh, JL, we like Dr. McGowan, they just say the, the approach of how you guys do trainings, a pedagogy approach is very relational, research-driven, uh, data, I like to say, like, we sort of do a new swag to how trainings are, uh, mm-hmm. and that's just because of our approach and how we live our lives. And I think a part of that comes because we worked before, all of us have worked in, urban spaces, we understand uh, how to do good stuff if you don't have music. Uh, some of us mm-hmm. have been to quinceaneras, we know how to move the room. Some of us are DJs, so we know how to understand what's good and what's not. I think you just have to learn that over time. And so I think that's what makes our training stand out. But one thing we found is that most organizations can't afford training. And so maybe Joshua, Lisa, you could explain a little bit about how important training is, but you shouldn't just do a one-off training. It needs to be a timeline needs to be developed to fit your organization uh, so that they can understand why it's important to do training well.
1: Well, yeah, and especially if you've identified areas that you need training in or that areas that people have requested, then it's, a, you know, that's a slam dunk. Right. But even like you're saying, the affordability piece and being able to provide resources that are useful p- for people on a variety of of topics mm-hmm. where also, like you said, just um, efficiency wise, we need to be focused more on the, the audits and, and helping um, people really understand some of the the deeper structural elements. So mm-hmm. um, being able to create some new teaching tools and resources is, is exciting. That's what we're getting at, right? We're kind of, uh, feel like we're building the suspense, but maybe Elisa is gonna be the one who like really says what it is. Yeah.
2: Well, I was going to say, if we think back on why we do this work in the first place, um, it's literally to help facilitate equitable environments Mm -hmm. for all, mainly those who have been marginalized in the workplace um, of racial groups and gender groups. Um, And so when we think of that, it's almost like the trainings are not a quick fix, and we're not saying that, but the training is a part of unlearning things and introducing new ideas mm-hmm. on how to maybe reduce bias, on to uh, create, if you're a leader of any organization or department, how to create a more um, psychologically safe environment for all people and all coworkers. Um, and so it's like, a, it's a process. So we, we encourage our partners to do a timeline so that everyone has access to the same training at every level of leadership within your organization, whether it's onboarding, you have a certain training, whether it's you're, you're going from mid-level to senior leadership, you have a certain training. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, instead of doing these one-offs and again, back to being reactionary, um, how can we embed these uh, needed trainings uh, within your what you already have as a process, whether your onboarding process or um, advancement? Uh, professionally so it's like how do we unlearn certain things that we come in to work with and then how do we get new tools and new ideology to be able to just be better people and better coworkers and better leaders at the same time yeah so that's why we I mean
0: we we decided to to focus just on audits but then uh, we like to call rollout ed enough which is our e-learning diversity platform uh, the e-learning diversity platform everything josh and Lisa said was very put. is that for us, we know that most organizations can't pay thousands of dollars for one hour training. Uh, And we've done them. We've done trainings and it's great. And also we've been on the other side where organizations say, hey, my budget for the year for training is $3,000 because they maybe only have four staff and they have 25 volunteers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the sad part is most uh, consultants, trainers would say, well, I can't work with you. Or they'll take their money and do one or two good trainings, and now they're like, what's next? Mm-hmm. But what we've said, like, what would happen if you can create a platform that gives all these trainings, like Netflix, unlimited trainings, anytime you want. You can watch them when you're hiking, if you're like Josh, or watch, listen to them when you're disc golfing. So my man Josh likes to dip golf, disc golf. You can watch them when you're on the bus in the city. You can watch them walking to work, cycling, at your desk at home, uh, any time that you can watch training. And then you can download materials, PDFs about takeaways, how to have these conversations in your small group, in your community. And so Enough is really to say, there's a way to bring training to your communities, to your work environment and at your house. Mm. Uh, and so that's what we want to provide uh, as what we like to call a way that no longer is it just the senior leadership of the best, but we've also found, let's be honest, it's hard to get 100 to 200 to even a thousand people in the room Mm -hmm. for training. So now you don't have to do that. Now when you get people in a room, they're smaller spaces, but they've already watched the training of the topic. And now they're having healthy dialogue with their coworkers and their friends about how maybe their own bias has impacted them or their own racial identity or Mm -hmm. psychological safety, or even maybe power and gender dynamics. So for us, we decided to say, let's find a way to to impact people uh, and make sure we have a platform that anyone can use. And there's no more of these excuses to say, we can't afford it because it's a reasonable, very cheap price. Uh, and then say, hey, well, we don't have a place where all of our staff can watch it. And now you do. Uh, mm. So that's what Ed Enough is, is that it's that platform that hopefully our goal is uh, in spring that organizations will be able to use it to set to onboard, to create different initiatives that you're having people watch training if they're in a up-and-coming leader initiative, use some of our PDFs that we're going to have on there, uh, that you can look over your HR documents. Uh, and also one of the cool things we're going to do is that we have videos on how to develop a diversity task force and do a diversity strategic plan. Uh, And so I think that's great. And then one of the last things we have is we have videos on how we're gonna train facilitators on how to lead some of these conversations. So we're trying to make it where it's holistic, where Mm. it's good and that you don't have to keep coming back to hiring someone and paying thousands of dollars for one training, Mm. but you can just go and learn more about this yourself.
1: Yeah, save your money for the comprehensive diversity audit and then save all day. Uh, at enough,
0: yes,
2: it's so good, yeah,
0: yeah. So, that's some. I mean, that's the things that we're excited about. They're going to roll out. Uh, and if you're interested, if you know people who are interested in coming a part of the coach enough squad, go to our website, check it out. I know we're starting the process interviews mid January, uh, depends the time, but the goals mid January and then make some hires, uh, by the end of January, and then at enough will be up. So, I mean, crew, is there anything else we're missing? that we need to share before we let people celebrate the holidays going to 2021, hopefully excited and excited about some possibilities maybe that their organization will partner with Coaching Enough that does audits and also maybe Ed Enough that is an e-learning uh, diversity platform.
2: No, we, yeah, we're excited. We 2020, we learned a lot of lessons. Um, moving forward 2021, we're growing as a company, but just shout out and thank you to all the partners that we've worked with. Um, our partners are incredible. They are, um, they're making ways where they haven't been before. They're going to be trailblazing these things um, in their own organizations to make it easier for other people. So just uh, shout out to our partners and we thank you for, for trusting us uh, to work alongside them.
1: And also to the people out there who have just been stuck in toxic works environments, especially <laughs> when it comes around to diversity, you know, we we see you, we hear you. We're, yeah. Um, you know, we, let's let's go. Let's get this work going.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. let's get it. If you don't know right now, Josh, you can't see him, but he's rocking a nice coaching enough hoodie. Uh, we <laughs> got to get some coaching enough gear. You know what I mean? We got to let people cop the gear and he yeah. has a nice little, little chain. <laughs> <laughs> And so we appreciate everyone for watching. Have a good 2020. Next time we talk 2021, uh, mm-hmm. maybe we'll be partnering with some of your organizations, uh, schools, colleges, uh, any sort of sector we we partner with to help them when it comes to empowering them with the tools and language around diversity, inclusion, and equity. Mm-hmm. So thanks everyone for listening. Peace out from the coaching of crew. Happy New Year. Thanks. This is a reminder that the information is for general purposes. If you would like a custom assessment for your organization, go to coachenough.com. Thank you for listening to the Coach Enough podcast. Just remember, just knowing isn't enough.